Father, we thank you for this opportunity to open your word. We thank you for the privilege that we can read it freely. But Lord, it is just words unless your spirit comes and anoints what I have to say. And that's what we pray. We want to encounter you and hear from you in order that our lives may be lived to glorify you. Amen. Amen. Okay, I want to start with a question that I don't need an answer to. Have you ever boiled a frog? Okay, so I just want to say at the outset, neither have I. Okay, so I don't want the RSPCF ringing me up. No, PCF. Some of you have understood that. (laughs) But actually, seriously, I'm told that frogs can sit contently in boiling water. Now, if you take a frog and drop it in a pan of boiling water, you're going to kill it. But if you put it in cold water and gradually, moment by moment, turn the temperature up, it can actually sit contently in boiling water. You see, what they do is they learn to adapt to the circumstances. They adjust. They find contentment at every temperature until eventually they don't even know it's boiling because they were content at 90 degrees, 80, 70 and 60. So what's my point, you may be asking, (laughs) and rightly so. I'll come to that in a minute. Last week, we heard Duncan speak to us about how God speaks to us and is working amidst chaos. Use the life of Jacob and the chaos of his family, but actually in the midst of all of that, God was at work. And it's fair to say that we're actually living in a bit of chaos now. It's not usual, is it? It's not normal. We don't actually know what's going to happen tomorrow. Life is changing day by day and week by week. We cannot make any plans. It is pretty chaotic in the sense that there's no normality. We don't know what will happen when COVID is finally over. Will our churches be full? Or actually, will they be empty? Will the friends that I've talked to or seen on Zoom or have shown interest in God actually at the end of it be as interested or less so? But what about me? Will I be better equipped to serve God's purposes through this COVID? Have I used it wisely? Will I come out of it knowing God better, trusting Him more? Would I have matured in these times? I want to suggest that we don't miss the opportunity. That even though this may appear a little like chaos, we've got to trust that God is at work in these days And therefore, he's at work in you and I. I don't want to waste this time. So what can we do in the midst of this kind of chaos? Well, the one thing I suggest we can all do is grow in faith. Is learn to trust God more and more. You see, the future is not my responsibility. That's in God's hands. 
My part is to trust him today, regardless of the circumstances I find myself in, my responsibility as a Christian is to trust God right now, today. To make sure that I'm ready, equipped, and mature enough for whatever he may bring to me tomorrow or the day after. And that's how the frog could sit contently when the water was boiling. Because he'd learnt to find contentment every step of that journey. So we're going to look at how God taught his people to trust him one day at a time when they left the great exodus from captivity in Egypt. And just like them, all those years ago, I would like to suggest God continues to train you and I, through three simple lessons that he taught them. The first one is that we have to firstly accept, and this will be tough for some of you, that God is in no rush. Secondly, we've got to accept that God has tomorrow covered. Whatever happens. And thirdly, And perhaps most importantly, we have to learn that God actually is all I need. So, if you have your Bible, would you turn it on or turn your pages to Exodus chapter 13. I'm just going to read a few verses from when the Israelites came out of Egypt in what we know as the great Exodus. I'm going to read from verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around the desert towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. After leaving Sukkoth, they camped at Etham, on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night, in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night, left its place in front of the people. Now we know the background to this, that these people were held captives for years in Egypt. And they were a people that was God was going to use through the Exodus by bringing them out to demonstrate to all the nations around just who he is. By the way they behaved, by the way they loved him and trusted him and worshipped him. People would look at these Israelites and say, that's their God. But the problem was these people didn't know God very much. Because these weren't the original people that went into captivity. This was a generation or two or three later on. So they hadn't got that much personal experience 
of God and his ways. And amazingly, God was going to use these very people to do amazing things. Overthrow cities, defeat armies, even though they're massively outnumbered. God was going to demonstrate who he was through them. And they left Egypt in the hundreds of thousands, and God led them by a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. And there was a simple training. They were to follow the pillar of cloud. They were to follow the pillar of fire, or rest by the pillar of fire, one day at a time. Never getting ahead and never lagging behind. And if they could learn to trust God, one day, one step at a time, they would learn to trust him to overthrow these cities, to face overwhelming odds, to be his people and fulfill his promises. When times got tough, they would know they can trust God. These simple steps to following the pillars were to teach them to trust me one day at a time. Guys, here's the challenge. You may know, or you may have an inkling in your heart, or God's spoken to you, about maybe one day he wants you to do something. Maybe. Not everybody will. But some will. That God's given me this gift I'm developing, or God wants me to plant a church, or lead a church. You may have that in your sense, in your heart. You may not know what God has for you. But the question is, when he says go, will you be ready? Will you have used your time wisely to be ready? For I'd like to suggest we will never be in that place of being ready for what God wants us to do unless we've learned to trust him just one day at a time. So let's look briefly at how God prepared these people to learn this lesson and also see how God teaches us the same lesson. The first thing I'd like to suggest is this, that we have to learn that God is in no rush. They were to follow the cloud by day and the fire by night or indeed rest by the fire at night. They did not decide how fast the cloud moved, nor how far it went. And it's a great challenge for us today, isn't it? We're meant to keep up, keep in step, and dare I suggest, keep it shut as we wait. We need to learn to trust God one day, one step, at a time. And our whole lives seem to be in a rush. Who wants faster broadband? Who wants faster service when you're in a shop or when you're on the phone? Who wants quicker replies to our emails? And dare I say, some even want faster sermons. It's how bad things are. But it's true, it's our culture, isn't it? We're all in a rush. You're still not convinced? Come shopping with us around Lidl's or Aldi. Oh, there's a queue there. There's one person less. Let's rush to that queue. No, no, oh no, there's somebody gone in there. Quick, that one. 
Have you ever driven with somebody who's always saying, oh, get in that lane. That lane's going quicker. I knew you'd look at each other. That lane's going quicker. Get into that lane. Guys, we seem to be in a rush with life. But hey, God isn't. He takes us one day at a time. You see, he knows where he wants to get us to. And for some of us, we may have to rest for a lot longer than we would like. We may have to move a lot slower than we would choose to. And there will be some days when actually we don't feel we've moved at all. But he knows what he needs to do to get you and I ready. Because he knows what's ahead for each of us. Your Father in Heaven knows the sin that needs removing in your life. He knows the pride that needs humbling. He knows the impatience that needs frustrating. And He knows the pain that needs healing and the fears He needs to calm. And the problem is we can miss it because we're in such a rush. We want to know what's next and when all the time. I'm ready, Lord. Why not now? Why do I have to wait? Why am I still here? This can't be right. I never expected this. We live as though life is too short to do everything we want to do. But friends, it is long enough for God to do everything He has for us to do. We have to trust Him. And we will miss this lesson of faith if we are trying to rush, if we're getting anxious, if we're getting impatient. Why are we still in COVID, God? I don't know. That's God's problem. My challenge is to trust Him today. And God trained many Old Testament characters particular, particularly through a slow, steady, and often confusing journey to get them to where he wanted them. Joseph, accused, uh, falsely accused, but Joseph, he was persecuted by his brothers, put in a pit, falsely accused and imprisoned. What's going on, God? Yet, he ends up ruling Egypt on behalf of Pharaoh. David told he would be a king at a young age and then has to suffer under the persecution of Saul. What's going on, God? He had to do it God's way, God's timing. Moses, murderer, rejected, a shepherd for years, then suddenly, when God says now, now's the day, he's ready. He meets him at a bush. If we're impatient with God's timing, His pace, we think He's too slow, He's too quick. If we're always wanting an answer to our questions, why, how, when, we're going to lose and miss that very first lesson of faith. That God is in no rush. And we're to trust Him, have faith in Him, just one day at a time. 
The Israelites, as you read the story through, they were a moaning old bunch. They grumbled. The same food. I mean, the food fell from heaven. You know? Oh, not this again. They complained about the roots. They complained about how long it would take. And they even got to the point of complaining about the cost of the exodus. Oh, I really missed my pomegranates and cucumbers back in Egypt. And do you know, the sad thing is, they never realized that the destination God had for them was literally just around the corner. If you walked that journey now from Exodus to the Promised Land, it would not take you 40 years. And this can be our experience as well. That actually the very place God wants to take us to is closer than we realize. The very answer you want to hear is closer and coming sooner than you realize. But if we don't trust Him and grumble and moan, then we will find that we go around the houses because we're not ready for what He has for us. The very place God wants to take you, dear friends, could be ready tomorrow if you've learned the lesson along the journey to trust Him. I've talked over the years to so many men and women who feel, oh, God's got this call on my life. God's gifted me in this way. God wants me to do that, to serve overseas. God just wants me to be a faithful husband and a faithful wife. God just has this in me. And yet, because of impatience, because of grumbling, they never actually make it. They never make it because they will not do it God's way and learn that lesson of trusting Him one day at a time. I'm ready now, God. Actually, no, you're not. I'm going to change the world, God. No, you're not. It all begins by learning to trust Him today. One day. You impatient? You grumbling? Oh, come on, God. I'm fed up with COVID. Come on, God. When can I get back to church? When can I see my church of 500? When can I see my friends saved? When can I get my promotion? When can we get children? When can I get a puppy? Little <laughs> cute one. Dear friends, are you grumbling right now? Are you impatient with God? Are you wanting to get past the pillar? Come on, God. Are you wanting to get up when he's saying it's time to rest by the fire? Just rest. No, no, no. Do you think God's got it wrong for you? Haven't got a partner yet? You're not married yet? You haven't got kids yet? You haven't seen your neighbor saved? Your partner saved? Your family saved? Come on, God. We have to learn. Today. Right now, whatever circumstance, my responsibility is to trust God for whatever I face. However long it may happen, it may take to happen. And whatever may happen, I declare today I will trust you. He's in no rush. We all look for better and quicker 
methods and means to get what we want. And yet God is looking for better men and women to accomplish what he wants. He's in no rush. Secondly, in order to learn to trust God one day at a time, we've got to have faith that actually God has got tomorrow covered. There is a reason for the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. And the simple reason was, you weren't going to look ahead of it. You were not sure what tomorrow would bring. Hey, are we close now? I've, I've no idea. This pillar's right in my way. What was ahead? I've no idea. There's this pillar. Can't you see it, mate? How long is it going to take? I've no idea. Because we don't know what tomorrow brings. Do you ever wonder why God won't show you what you're going to face tomorrow? When will what we wait for arrive, O oh Lord? Bad enough waiting for an Amazon delivery. When will it arrive, O oh God? Will I get sick tomorrow? Will I catch this virus? Or if I'm sick, when will I recover, Lord? Is my job going to be there tomorrow, Lord? Will those children come tomorrow, Lord? Will my partner, will I get recognized for my ministry tomorrow, Lord? Will the church ever return to what it once was? Assuming we want it to. And how's this? Will Tottenham ever win a trophy? Never. That's why God doesn't show us tomorrow. He could map it out. He could tell us exactly what is ahead of us each day. But he doesn't. Why not? Because my faith in him for today is not dependent on knowing what tomorrow brings. I'm not trusting him today to get some reward tomorrow or to get what I want. I'm not trying to manipulate him as if we could. My faith has to be certain of this, that whatever I face tomorrow, whatever, I know God's got it covered. It's no surprise to him. Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. All I need to face tomorrow comes tomorrow. I have faith for today. I get tomorrow's faith tomorrow. Trusting that God's got it covered. Whatever I'm going to need tomorrow, I trust God. He will provide what I need. I don't need it today. And my confidence for tomorrow comes from God's grace that I've received yesterday and today. Let me explain. If all that God has done so far in my life is only for a memory or for cute stories, but it doesn't actually work to assure me of his provision for tomorrow, I've missed the purpose and the opportunity to grow in faith. I had a friend who was an elder in a church. He had a great job, highly paid. 
he lost his job. All his life, God had led him, spoken to him at significant times, loses his job. He's on over 100,000 a year. He lost his job. Suddenly, his whole life crumbled. His whole life crumbled. Because he'd never stopped and used all God's provision and lessons and teachings and blessings up to that day to strengthen his faith for tomorrow. They were just stories. So when actually God removes his job, it's revealed there is no faith for tomorrow. The Israelites had come through some amazing demonstrations of God's power throughout the Exodus. The plagues that God sent through Moses on Pharaoh, the Passover statement of his grace and pointing towards Jesus, the crossing of the Red Sea. I mean, which of us has walked through a sea and God's parted it? You stand down in the Hamble and God parts it so you can walk across to Southampton or wherever it is. Do you really think the next day you should be lacking in faith of God? Yet these guys were. They really didn't use God's past provision of power, grace, in order to strengthen their faith for tomorrow. They grumbled and complained. John Piper's written a great book called, I can't remember what it's called, but I just call it Future Grace. There's a longer title, but anyway, it's it's entitled Something to Do with Future Grace. He says this, he says, Past grace is glorified by joyful worship. So in other words, everything that God's done before us, before with us, leads us to amazing worship. God, thank you. You're amazing. You broke in. You healed. You you saved. You blessed. And that glorifies him because we're worshipful for what he's done. But he goes on to say that future grace is glorified by joyful confidence. So in other words, if I want to glorify God today, then I have confidence, joyful confidence in my tomorrow because of who he is and what he's done. What was it the hymn writer wrote? "Twas grace that led me this far and I hope I'll get home. No, and grace will lead me home. The same grace that's got you today, right up to now, is the same grace, the same God, the same love, the same passion, the same commitment to you that will meet you tomorrow. And too many Christians waste so much time and so much energy worrying about tomorrow because they don't use God's past grace and faithfulness and love and provision to help them see He's got tomorrow covered. You see, it's not that we we caught God in a good mood. And some Christians do talk like this. That somehow, well, I've got so far because, you know, I caught God in a good mood or I did a few good things for him. They're missing the point. The reason you can be confident of God's provision for you tomorrow 
whatever you face, is not because of you. It's because of who He is. It's because He is your loving Father. He is the one who's committed to guide you, protect you, provide for you, guard you, bless you, keep you. He's the one who's committed to do that. Why? Because you're so special? Well, with respect, no. Because He's so special. And because that is who He is. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So my confidence on all that God has done to me so far and through me is the same that He'll be there tomorrow. He's the same God. He's not going to have a bad day tomorrow. So if I catch COVID, if I'm knocked down and die tomorrow, or if Laurie's in hospital or whatever tomorrow, you see I haven't prepared this illustration, whatever happens tomorrow, I'm going to have utter confidence that God has all I need to get through it tomorrow. You see in Exodus 13, the passage we read, in the first couple of verses, note this, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For he said if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around the desert road towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. God knows what we're able to face. He knew they weren't ready for war, even though, bless them, they dressed for it. Nice try, guys, but you're just not ready. He knows what we can face, and therefore he knows what he's not going to lead us into. He wouldn't take them into battle. They had to learn lessons of who he was and learn to trust him one day at a time. And you can know that whatever you face tomorrow, God's not going to take you somewhere you're not ready for. He's not going to put you in a situation that you're going to crumble unless you ignore him. He's going to allow you in a situation that he knows you're able to deal with. He's got tomorrow covered. He knows where he's leading you. He knows what he's going to take you through. He knows what temperature you can sit in and for how long. He knows what you're ready for and he knows what you're not ready for. The question is, will we trust him today that he's got tomorrow covered? Whatever it may be. Let God be God. And let's trust him for tomorrow. He's got it covered. And then thirdly, the third lesson we need to learn is that our faith grows when we realize that God is all we need. You see, the pillars of fire and and, uh, cloud were symbolic to the Israelites. They would speak of the very presence of God. The covenant with Abraham was confirmed by smoke, depicted by the cloud. And the fire, the encounter Moses had with God, was fire. So these two pillars were not just casual. They were purposely saying that I, the God of Israel, the creator of all things, am with you. I'm not distant. I'm the one who's always with you. And the purpose was so that people would say, gosh, as long as God is with us, It doesn't matter what we face. 
wherever they went, whatever they did, God was with them. Where's your security? What matters most to you in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of challenges or big decisions? What do you default to? That actually life's okay? That you've got it all under control? You've got your job? You've got sufficient income? You've got lots of friends? You've got influence where you feel you need to have it? You've even got your health? Now, I'm not saying they're bad things, but I am, if that's where your confidence lies. You see, our faith, our security, should come from the fact that God is with me. Faith is not a blind religious duty. It's not something we just talk about as though we have to talk about faith because we're Christians. And faith is not a feeling. I don't care how you feel, with respect. What I'm saying is, I don't feel faith irrelevant. Faith isn't how you feel. Faith is your choice, your decision. And that comes from the knowledge of the person of God. It's not something we whip up a frenzy. My faith, your faith, comes from the knowledge of who God is. And that comes from his word and his past provision. And the great problem with Christian Christianity today is despite all our vast resources, I'd like to suggest that the average Christian knows God less than we used to do 30 years ago. You see, we know of him, but we don't know him as well as we ought. You see, as we know him, we realize who he is. We understand how he acts. We see what he's like. We understand our relationship with him. We're secure in that. And so we realize he's actually all we need. Our problem is that sometimes our God is too small. You see, you don't need great faith. What you need is a growing faith in a great God. It's easy to have great faith if your understanding of God is so little and cute, it suits you. But as we learn and discover more of God, He gets bigger and bigger. We need a growing faith in a great, great God. It was one of the persecuted Chinese Christians who was in prison for many years, forced to clean the excrement of the prison prison toilets. When he was released, they interviewed him and said, what did you learn? He said this, it was not until Jesus was all I had that I realized Jesus was all I needed. And sometimes, as indeed the Israelites experienced, as indeed you and I will, God will remove things from our life. Not because he's mean, but it's to teach us. He will put us in hot water. He will put us in a place of persecution. He'll put us in a place of poverty and difficulty. 
He will remove all that we hold too dearly. Because we need to learn that actually He is all I need. When we first planted Dorchester many years ago, I was working for B&Q. This is 25 years. I was earning over 40000 a year 25 years ago. Never earned anything like that. I've had it, I had it all planned. Right, we were saving up. We'd say, okay, we'll plant this church. We've about half a dozen people. We'll put some money aside. We'll survive on that. We'll move house. We'll reduce our mortgage, all this, etc. We will finance the church. No sooner had we started than B&Q decided to sack me. My, all my plans went out the window. We had no money. We didn't save lots of money. We did other things with it. We didn't have an income. We just I remember what the first month we were praying that I needed one day's work to meet our bills and then literally a few minutes after that prayer we got a phone call for a day's work. In that experience we were to learn if we're planting a church I just want God. I don't want a bank balance. I don't want a fancy job. I don't want a congregation of 200. I just want to know God's with us. It was an amazing lesson. And obviously we need to learn that lesson again and again as time goes on. Because sometimes other things creep in. But the minute we begin to put our security in something other than Him, that becomes an idol. And God is a jealous God. And He will gently and graciously and kindly begin to work in us to remove that idol. Because friends, we have to learn if God is with me, that's where my faith lies. If I'm in God's purposes and will, that is all that matters. Is God all you need? Have you suffered loss? Found that your expectations haven't materialized as you'd hoped? Can you find contentment in knowing? My Father in heaven is utterly for me. He can be no different. It's who he is. He promises to love me, lead me, provide me, protect me, bless me. He is all I need. And so the frog could sit in boiling water because he'd learnt contentment every step of the way. And if we want to mature and be ready for whatever God has for us tomorrow, next month, next year, ten years, we have to learn to trust Him one day at a time. And we do that by recognizing that God is in no rush. Whatever my circumstances, God's in no rush. I'll trust Him today. We, need to, we do that by recognizing whatever comes tomorrow. I know God's got it covered. I know Him. I have faith in Him. I know He's for me. Whatever I face tomorrow, God's got it covered. And we need to realize that actually, dear friends, as long as God's with us, what else really matters? As long as He is my first security, I can face all things. And then we will be maturing. And then we will use these days wisely. 
And then we will be ready for when God says, now! We will find that suddenly that big step of faith that others think we're making, to us it's no big deal. We've already learnt the lesson day by day by day. And you will find you're sitting in boiling water and you don't even realise it. Because you've learnt to trust God every step of the way. I want to pray and then I'll take you through communion. Father, we just ask you, Holy Spirit, I don't know these people so well just yet, but you do. And I want to pray that if there are if there's anxiety in hearts, if there's situations of worry, maybe even tomorrow going back to work or the next week or two, if there's unfulfilled expectations, Lord God, that they're getting anxious about, if there's fears, Lord God, of the future, if there's sickness, Lord God, I want to pray, Holy Spirit, that you would meet with them today. And that you would speak into their hearts and reassure them that you are with them. That they can trust you today. They can know contentment today. That you know what's coming tomorrow. And you have all the resources of heaven at their disposal in order to help them walk through it with you. I pray, Holy Spirit, not just now, but in the coming days or two, Pray they don't just remember the frog, but they remember the point of the frog. That that's how we get to sit in boiling water. Because we want to trust you one day at a time. Amen.